1: Welcome to Expect the Unexpected, a PoppyJulaRadio.com original series. Poppy Jula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, August 17th, 2023, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on CBS's Big Brother. Please welcome my co-host, my fellow house guest, Legionnaire. Good evening. How's it going out there, listeners? Now, Legionnaire, I got to give you a hat tip because you called it... You predicted (laughs) Hysom's Reign of Terror. Yeah, I I
0: didn't quite predict that part, but
1: yes. (laughs) Yes, that's wonderful. Oh, good grief. All right, so we are day 16 outside of the Big Brother house, but we pick up day 13 inside of the Big Brother house, post-veto meeting, where everyone is kind of reeling over... Heissem's direct nature. Now listen, I said this yesterday with Michael Pena, our other fellow house guest who is not here with us tonight. We miss you, Michael. I did not think the thing that they showed us last night in the previous episode was that bad. Like, I didn't think it was a bad veto meeting. He was very direct. He was very blunt. He was very honest. I didn't think it was that bad. Now, if they did not show us a lot more of what he said that maybe was worse, that I don't know. I don't know if it was in the editing. But I didn't think it was that bad. But it shook the house guests. So let's talk about what happened after the veto meeting but before the professor's meeting. So what did you think of the reaction the house guests had to the veto meeting and what Hysom said
0: I didn't, I don't know. I was on the fence about it. I mean, I, I guess like you, it felt like, well, I felt like there had to have been more to it. Um, I could give him points for being direct, but I it, to me, it just came off, it came off a little mean to me. Um, I can understand being very clear about who his target was and all that kind of thing um i I just i felt he could have couched it better um the directness i can appreciate i i just i wasn't a fan of how he delivered it
1: all right see if i had the mindset of like being a house guest i probably wouldn't like it but as a viewer i loved it like it was entertaining to me like it felt very old school big brother it was very much not the whole sugar coating like oh, you know, yes, you know, whatever, whatever. You know how, like, some of the modern-day Big Brother players are, where, you know, they they don't tell you exactly what's going on, mm-hmm. and, and they try to be as nice and sweet and adorable about the situation. And at the end of the day, we're playing a cutthroat game. So part of me, like, gives Hyst some props for being incredibly direct and giving us a very, very old-school Big Brother vibe. But like if I were a house guest, like maybe I would be in my feels about it. Um clearly the house was in their feels about it. Like everybody sort of reacted very not differently, but they all reacted in agreement. Like they they felt a little shaken and rattled by Hysum. Now, something that I did not think they were going to end up showing, but I'm glad they showed on the show was Cameron's theory about a twist <laughs> in the game. That
0: that was hysterical.
1: Yes. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yes, for the listeners <laughs> if if you had not heard about this twist, you need to get on BB Twitter because there are memes about it. But Cameron thinks that there is a twist in the house. Like he's impressed by like, you know, there there is a professional you know, musician, there's an Olympic uh, medalist, this, that, or the other, whatever, whatever, whatever. So there has to be maybe a relation in the house. Like, there might be someone that's related to someone. And he's telling this to Jared, and Jared is, like, freaking out, you know, that maybe he's figured it out. when it, it veers into the strange, he thinks because of Frankie Grande playing in a previous season, and he's the stepbrother of Ariana Grande, he thinks there's somebody in the house that's related to someone famous, and that's Miss Felicia. Apparently, he thinks Miss Felicia is Denzel Washington's sister. (laughs) Yes. Now, the way that it was edited was beautiful. Like, I will give the editors props this time, because the way that this was edited with Felicia and, like, hers, like, the way they kept on panning to her, and, like, she shook her head no at one point, and they had the little sound effects. Like, all of it was just wonderful. It was amazing. It It was fantastic. And I'm glad that they included it on the show, because it was so insane. And the fact that they also had camera time in the diary room to get his analysis of it was just fantastic. yeah. So good. So good, so good, so good. I'll get on the editors for a half a second though. The fact that y'all just have not really shown us the 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 pure cracked outness in the good way of Izzy, I don't understand y'all. Like, I don't understand why you haven't introduced the casual viewer that only watches the the you know, the episodes versus getting any information of the live feeds. You haven't introduced the world to Izzy. And Izzy has been such an important part of both of these weeks. It's crazy and criminal Mm -hmm. that we haven't seen more of Izzy. Like we've seen more of Bowie Jane on the actual T V show than Izzy. And like Bowie Jane does nothing in the house. Like no offense to you, Bowie Jane. I'm sure you are a lovely person. But you are not a part of the machinations of the house. And also the fact that we don't get a lot of Mikol. And Mikol is a part of the machinations. Like Mimi is out there doing her thing on the live feeds. And we haven't really seen her on the TV as much, I feel like that's criminal. So I'm just putting that out there for the editors. You need to do a better job of expressing everything that's going on in the house. Because like you really didn't even, didn't even express the flip in the house as much as you could have. But that's a whole other story for a whole other day. Um, and this goes back to my whole point of there is a writer strike and there is an actor strike. The fact that you don't make these episodes an hour and a half and include a lot more stuff from the live feeds is criminal mm. as well. But that's just my whole. That's me on my soapbox, but anyway, let's talk about this Hysum <laughs> Hi- though, Legionnaire. Let's talk about Hysum and the professors' meeting. So the professors yes. meet in the H.O.H. room. They cheers, and Hysum takes control of the meeting. So much so that he does not allow anybody to say anything. And it's all what Hysom says or the highway, pretty much. Like, he selected the targets for next week. He, like, he, he was just, he was in control. And it rubbed his professor's alliance in the wrong way. So I want to get your take on this, Legionnaire. But I also want to get your take on what I'm about to say right now. Everybody in that meeting is a grown-ass human. They are not the young people on the other side. The thing that slightly bugged me, and once again, I'm not a house guest inside the house. I don't know what it would feel like inside the house. So maybe I would feel a certain type of way inside the house and I wouldn't do what I'm about to say. But I feel like if you're feeling a certain type of way and you're in the comfort of your alliance, there are certain ways you can finesse your way in saying like, "Hey, hi, some, you know, are we having a meeting or are you telling us what you would like?" Like there is a nice way to do it. And I think that meeting could have gone in a different direction had somebody stepped up and said, you know, is this you telling us or are we all like, are you asking for our opinions? You know what I'm saying, Legionnaire?
0: No, I absolutely agree. I, you know, I I, I actually took a moment to rewatch the clip. You know, I watched that part of the meeting again and I felt the exact same way. I'm like, okay. All of you all are grown and have come together in this alliance because you're older and more mature or whatever. So you're all in the meeting with your alliance mates. You didn't have to let him run that meeting. You could have checked him and say, oh, wait, girl, we got stuff that we want to, we have our thoughts too. I mean, yeah, maybe they could have finessed it, but if it had been me, "Uh, girl, wait. I got, you know, there's something that I need to share, too, before we make a decision. It's a decision that's being made by all all of us, not you. And, you know, for them to all be all in their feelings afterwards, it just, it, it, it was annoying. I found it very annoying because it's like, okay, if you all are in this alliance together, I mean, it's one thing, it's one thing to be in a position where they couldn't necessarily rein him in you know, during his HOH because he had his own agenda and he was going to apply that agenda no matter what. Fine. Okay. But if we're all in a meeting talking about next steps, it's like, girl, nobody nobody said that you were in charge of the alliance. You just happened to be HOH this week. You know, and there could have been any moment in time where they could have all come together and have more of a discussion. That 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 talk didn't have to go the way that it went. If Anybody in that alliance had simply just spoke up.
1: Exactly. I agree with you on that. We are on the same page. Because that's what I was feeling throughout the entire meeting. Like, everyone's giving the looks. And I knew everybody was starting to be in their feelings. Especially when he cut off Nicole. Like, I was like... Can she express herself? Like, somebody could have said something had it not been Nicole. Like, not that she needs people defending her, you know what I'm saying? Like, everyone there can defend themselves. And if they're all saying the same thing, I feel like he would have backed down a little bit. Like, maybe he would have been in his feelings a little bit because it does look like, you know, the HOH robe maybe went to his head just a teeny tiny little bit. But had he gotten checked by his own alliance, like it would have been fine, I think, you know, and everybody would have been able to have given their two cents, and it would have felt like a really good, uh, productive alliance meeting. As you said, and as I said, and as they, they've they said themselves, they're all older, and so they're supposed to be a little bit wiser when it comes to that type of stuff, as well as finessing um, each other. You know, you don't want to rub your alliance the wrong way, but you also don't want to feel um, like uh, like you're not being uh, included in stuff. Like you're just being told what to do. Uh, you know, no one's a child in that alliance. So, you know, them sort of mm-hmm. taking it and not responding to it in the moment and letting it fester and boil into what it became. I was like, what are y'all doing? Now, this is, this is what I said to uh, Michael Pena last night. And I still kind of stick to it in my mind. And so that's why I'm I'm glad that even though there was a whole flip-flop situation, I, I'm glad it ended up where it was. I felt like it was way too early for a flip and a, you know, as as our girl said last season, blindside butterbeans. Like it was way too early for that. Like I get it that Hysam is rubbing you the wrong way, but once again, having a conversation with him And confronting him about stuff, even if it's private, like let's say it's just one-on-one Sury and Hysam, that could have um, allowed some clarity to the situation. But just running with, we now have to get Hysam out, when he is part of your alliance, he's clearly down for the alliance. Um, Sure, there was, like, some sort of a situation where he's reaching out to uh, America, but he said in that meeting, we should all start talking around, like, have a buddy, uh, but don't make new alliances beyond that. So when the news came out that he had chatted with America, it was very strange that everybody sort of flipped out about that. But um, Mm -hmm. my whole thing is, if you have a large alliance, you want to keep that alliance, like – Why would you have Hysam as the sacrificial lamb? Why would you blindside him and then try to get him out in the next week when he's a part of your team and he's a number for your team? He's on your side. Like, I didn't understand the flip-flopping of the situation, and it really did go on for, like, 48 hours. It was, like, back and forth and in my mind I'm thinking you've already seen him how he reacted to Riley when he found out that his name was in her mouth. Like if he were to find out that his own alliance was planning to blindside him with the Butterbeans and then mm. basically put him out to slaughter so that he can be nominated in the next uh HOH or maybe even be backdoored. Like, that would completely push him to the other side. Right now, he's with you. Why would you try to tempt fate in doing something that you're kind of in your mind thinking, like, oh, no, he's going to go on the other side because he sees us as expendable. But if you do this, you're 100% pushing him to the other side. You know what I'm saying, Legionnaire?
0: Yeah, I agree. I am, um, you know, I... I... You know, when I when they first said it, I thought you know it would be really interesting something if this was somewhere down the road, um, and and somehow they felt like his actions were threatening the solidarity of the alliance. But this early in the game to make that kind of play, you know, it just seemed like okay, it's too. I mean, I, I appreciate the sentiment. But it was, but I agree, it was just too early for that kind of upheaval in the house. Um, So, yeah, I mean, because you're right. I mean, right now you have numbers, and this early in the game, you want to maintain your numbers. That's more, I think that's got to be more important than, you know, Getting in your feelings because somebody rubs you the wrong way. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you want to get as far down the line as, as you can. And if you have people in a grouping that's going to help you do that, that needs to be your priority. And you know all the other you know emotional bullshit you just got to keep in check because
1: the end goal is getting that money. Exactly, and I understand, Sari, You know because during that dictatorial. HOH meeting with the professors, Hysom did mention Jared's name. I don't know if he necessarily mentioned him as a target per se, because he wasn't like, I'm targeting Jared, but he did say let's keep an eye on Jared. Sari didn't like that, and I get it, that's your child, no one knows except for your other child, Izzy Fields, that Jared is your child. I get it. But here's the thing, and this is where I had made assumptions about what the Alliance knew about Jared, but it seems as if only select few in the Alliance know that Jared has been feeding them information. Maybe Heisum doesn't know this. Maybe it's just the bye-bye bitches part of the professors that knows that Jared has been feeding them information. So maybe Heisum doesn't know that. So he doesn't know how much of an asset Jared has been to them, even though Jared is technically on the other side. Once again a private conversation with Sari and Hysom could clear that up. Like, I didn't mm. feel like Sari needed to be all up in her feelings about that, to use that as a means to retaliate against Hysom by f- starting to flip the vote. Yeah, exactly.
0: I just think that, yeah, again, I mean, it's too early for that kind of a panic. And even even knowing that Jared is a target, she does still have the advantage of making, you know, she has the advantage of being able to make him aware of that and even working with him behind the scenes to keep him safe. So there was no, even though he mentioned him in passing, there was no reason to panic about it to me. It was like, you know, because at some point he's, that's going to happen. So I think that she should have been prepared to hear that at some point during the game anyway. So, you know, rather than, you know, be like, oh, my God, they're targeting Jared. So, you know, getting all, you know, all wound up and anxious about it. It's like, "Mm, okay, at some point this was going to happen. So this is what I have to do in preparation for that eventuality. Because she had to know at some point, you know, if the secret was going to remain through the game, that was going to happen. And she was going to have to figure out, hey, how can I maintain my alliance, keep
1: my secret and also figure out how to keep my kids safe? Absolutely. Which makes sense. Like, I fully understand why she was in her fields. But once again, a private conversation could have cleared things up. Um, And I I expect more of the older players. You know what I'm saying? You know, these aren't Mm -hmm. the young cats that, you know, are running around not knowing what the hell is going on. Like, these are adults. These are grown-ass humans that should know how to express themselves and how to talk to other grown-ass humans. So I was expecting more, and it was a little disappointing to watch, but um, you know, maybe their communication skills will grow based off <laughs> of this tumultuous HOH. Now, the flip. Let's talk about the flip. Unfortunately, because it is an hour show, we did not get to see a lot of the machinations of the flip. But for like 24 hours post the veto meeting – It really was Ceri and Izzy that took the reins to flip the house. And they went individually to the professors, the bye-bye bitches, and the other side of the house. And they worked it so that the flip ended up happening. And then they both sort of came to their senses and realized that the flip was wrong. And so they de-flipped the flip. Which, I expressed this to to Michael uh, last time, like, I felt like this was a very dangerous situation for both Sari and Izzy, just because it's showing the house, especially the other side, that they do have power in convincing people what to do, and that makes a target happen for them. Which is also another reason why, why get rid of Hysam? I told this to Michael last night, like... Suri right now has a shield with Izzy. Because Izzy has been very all over the place on the feeds. So Izzy is kind of like a shield for Sari. Heisum is like a vibranium shield for Sari. Like Heisum is radioactive right now. Like the other side of the house is going to go after Heisum. So that means that they're focused yeah. on him versus you, Sari. So you want to keep Heisum around. Like, he is the biggest shield that she has right now in the game, so why get rid of him? So I think that's all the stuff that she started thinking of and considering, because she de-flipped the flip, and for those out there that were watching on the live feeds yesterday on Wednesday, like, it was a masterclass in gaslighting and in acting, because what Seri did in the room with Riley, Izzy, Jag, and I think Blue was there— And she basically gaslit them into apologizing to her. Like, she's there basically apologizing to them that she has to undo the flip... And she's doing it in such a way that it's like everybody is faltering and, like, nobody's really trying. Like, they're all scared. And, you know, no one is, like, really saying that they, they're 100% down for the flip and everyone's wavering. And I'm so sorry to you guys. I did my best. and Like, it is a master class in gaslighting. And the fact that both Blue and Jag and I think Riley, like, hugged Saree. Like, almost to, like, thank her, like, you tried your best, was batshit crazy. Insane to me. Because she had the votes, and she undid her own votes that she had. It was wonderful. I was very scared this was going to come back and bite Saria in the ass. It might still. Who knows? But as of, uh, you know. Last night, it looked like she got off of, like, the flippation of the situation scot-free. And she even had a one-on-one conversation with Hysum about the flip almost happening. I didn't see the full conversation. I didn't see clips of it. So I don't know how much she was honest with Hysom about the situation, I don't know if she did the whole, what she told the other side, that, you know, there were talks of it, They came, maybe she was like, they approached me, but, you know, I, I strung them along, like, I don't know if that's all the stuff that she said, but she did give Hysom information that there was almost a flip, so, uh, I don't know if we're gonna see that at some point, but I'm glad that she did do that, because the last thing that she wants and the last thing that I would want, because I'm I'm being protective of Ceree from the outside of the Big Brother house, I don't want her game to be blown up. And had he found out from someone else, I think, based off of what we've seen of him, Heisim would have been in his feelings, right? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, what'd you think of the almost flip? I
0: think, in the context of the show. Since there was so much talk around it, I didn't, I was pretty sure that it wasn't going to happen. I think that's one of those editing things where sometimes you can give a little too much, Um, you know, the editing can go a little too far in trying to, you know, throw the viewer off, you know, as a longtime viewer, it's like, uh, okay, if you're giving us all this, you know, all this coverage over the potential flip, it's I, I I just knew that it was very likely not gonna happen. And usually the pat even I mean they they've established this pattern very early. You know, once the first couple of votes came through, I was very clear that Riley was going home and that it was going to be unanimous. I, I just I knew it because it's it's the pattern. It's the pattern of the house. It is something that I hate. It's like we already know that the house is divided. We know that. That's not a secret. Um, even if people don't necessarily know the exact alliances or whatever, the house is clearly divided. So there's nothing to be served by going along and not making your own intentions for your game very clear. You know, put it out there. Hey, I didn't want her to go home, so I'm I'm voting for Cameron, whatever. You know, if, even if you know that the numbers aren't going to go your way, there's still no harm in putting your game out there so that, you know, to me, you're not playing the game. You're playing it safe. And I, and I just, that gets boring for me. You know, if it's always going to be this thing where, you know, everybody's so scared to be a target that they're going to swing with the entire house, that, that's going to, for, for me as a viewer, that's going to
1: get very old very
0: fast because they're
1: not playing. I respect that and I do agree with you to an extent. I I feel like I feel like I hope that this week is the exception to the rule um just yeah. because Hysom was so intense as an HOH and I think he got <laughs> them shook. Although I mean, let's be for real, like Yeah, 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 because I I was trying to think, because, well, it was two members of their alliance that were up. So it's not like it was, you know, one from each side where, you know, they could have done a split vote. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I mean, I know that their side of the House preferred Riley to stay, and, I mean, they could have voted to to keep her. Um, They didn't, Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess they could have tried to do a stand, especially because Hyson was not going to have power. I mean the the most power that he's going to have next week is potentially as a veto winner. Um outside of that, he really has no power. I mean he might he has a little bit of sway because of his alliance and that sort of thing, but he has no power. So they could have done a they took they could have taken a stand. They didn't though. Let's actually get into that because we haven't fully talked about the vote. So they do the live vote and it is a unanimous situation. It It is uh, by a vote of 12 to 0, Riley, you are evicted from the Big Brother house. What I was most surprised by the situation is that Matt did not give her a sympathy vote. And in the house, he even said, you know, I, I'm probably going to vote to keep Riley. I understand she's not going to stay but you know she's been good to me from the beginning and uh you know I'm probably going to vote to keep her and so I don't like that he was pressured into voting her out because you know they did develop a little bit of a connection I don't know if it was a full on shamants there was certainly a flirt in the house that they didn't really fully show a lot on the show but it was on the live feeds and uh much like Kirsten last week Riley really is the only person in the house that is communicating with Matt on a one-to-one basis, like, regularly. Like, Matt is very lost when it comes to his alliance and, like, the whispering and that sort of thing, because he is hard of hearing. And Riley would, like, fill him in on what's going down. So it's kind of sad to me that two weeks back-to-back, you know, not on purpose, but... Matt has lost, like, the two people that he's been closest to in the house that was, like, filling him in on what was going on in the house. So I don't know if anybody on his alliance is going to uh, step up and do that for him, Um, but I hope that someone does. Because if not, I I can't imagine how isolated Matt must feel at times, you know, when they're in a large group setting and he's trying to keep up with the conversations. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And I was kind of, I was, I mean, I knew where the vote was going, but I was disappointed like you, that he didn't at least give her a sympathy vote, you know, clearly at some point she was going home and the numbers and the numbers at no point were on her side. Um, but again, I just think that as, as a question for me and, and just speaking for myself, as a question of honor to the people that you've aligned yourself with, I mean, it doesn't—it doesn't hurt anything to—it doesn't hurt anything to have that solidarity with the people that you're already aligned with, um, because you—you you know, in the bigger picture, just going along with the house, to me, doesn't—that—that's not a symbol of anything to me especially at this point in the game. It doesn't symbolize anything other than you're willing to go along to get along. And in a game like this, we already, there should already always be an understanding that you have to be able to pivot if your game is going left. Everybody should go in there with that understanding that, okay, anybody can come in there with a game plan. But if your game plan doesn't have everything fall into place the way you think it is, then you got to be ready to pivot. So to me, there's no, I don't know, there's no value to me in, in not being able to say, hey, this is how I feel. This is who I would have chosen to leave, you know, even if the numbers aren't on my side. Because to me, that's just not, I don't know, I, there's, there's, a certain, there's a certain lack of genuineness in character in voting that way to me. Um, you know, I, I yeah, you know, this is this was my ace boon coon. I know that she's not going to be able to stay, but I still want to throw her a sympathy vote if for no other reason to show my own solidarity and support for that individual. Because you know that the support is there. You know that it's there. So. Your vote is not wasted, you know, your vote is not wasted, because at the end of the day, if the numbers are on the other side, it doesn't count anyway. So there's no. To me, there's no stake in going ahead and voting the way that you want um, just to support the people that are in your alliance.
1: No, that's true. I was looking exactly at, like, who voted and that sort of thing, and the votes could have been split right in the middle. There were six people from the professors, and then the other six were the other side of the house. If push came to shove, because I don't think any of the professors would have, you know, once the flip was de-flipped, I don't think any of them right. would have flipped again, you know, even like individually. So mm-hmm. it could have been a 6-6 six, six split vote. And at the right. end of the day, Hysom right. would have sent Riley out of the house. Exactly. Exactly. Which, I mean, that would have been dramatic, but it would have been exciting to see.
0: Right, and for me, and that's the other thing for me as a viewer, that would have been infinitely more interesting.
1: Yeah, I because mean, Riley's he, days he, were numbered.
0: Because, right, because he was so intent on getting her out of there, I think the drama of him having the deciding vote would have been would have just been that would have been fun. That would, that would have been great TV for me.
1: Yeah, totally. I agree. I agree with that. So Riley has her interview with Julie, and once again, because I always pay attention to what is said, and if Julie reveals stuff from inside the house, because if Julie reveals stuff from inside the house, that means there is no battle back. So, for those out there hoping for a battle back pre-jury, that's clearly not happening. Uh, Riley was informed about the twist, and that twist being that Jared and Sari are related. And we got to hear a little Mm. bit of her analysis as to why She was evicted. I mean, listen, she seems like a nice person. Something that Michael and I have discussed, you know, throughout her HOH reign and and even during this week is just the fact that she seems to be, like, way too nice at times to play this game. Like, she wasn't owning as much as she should have her part on the other side. Because at the end of the day, she really was the head of the other side. Like, all of the other house guests. I mean, the fact that her alliance wanted to save her instead of the other person that was also nominated, that's a part of their alliance, means that she was incredibly important to that side of the alliance. And I don't think she mm-hmm. was giving herself enough credit for that fact. Um, and, mm-hmm. I mean, even though Heisem said it in a very blunt way, at the end of the day, it is true. Because she formed an eight-person alliance, she caused... The house to split. She did, whether she understands that or not. I mean, it is true. Like the other side, even though they were vibing and they were hanging out anyway, I mean, they were forced to align because the other half of the house was aligned. So Riley, if you're listening to this, you know, if you end up hearing this, like you should take ownership and, and be proud of the fact that you did have you know, strong gameplay in the beginning. Unfortunately, she made bad moves. Mm. She, number one, was targeting Sum and it came back to him, and she actually confirmed it as opposed to maybe finessing things and, you know, confirming but not confirming, you know what I'm saying? Because there's a way to confirm without fully confirming. And she didn't do that. She right. just 100% confirmed. And then to be quite honest, even though I I would not have liked this, like, had she kept Kirsten, that would have been a number for her. So, she didn't... She made some interesting power moves, but she also faltered a lot with moves that would have been beneficial to her gameplay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why she was meeting with Julie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Yeah. What can you do? Okay, so... uh, that's pretty much it. Unfortunately, we don't get to see the H.O.H. competition happen, which is always disappointing for me. Which, hello, it's another reason this episode could have been an hour and a half. Um, you know, there there are two strikes out there. CBS, you need the content. I'm just saying, um, you're airing that Challenge USA thing twice a week. Uh, you could just air it once a week and let it last longer and give us you know jumbo-sized episodes of Big Brother. I'm just saying. But anyway. Moving on from that. So we don't get to see the HOH competition, but Julie does give us a preview of what's to come, as she usually does. We will see the HOH competition on Sunday. Who will rise to power? Who will they nominate? Wednesday, we will see the POV. Who will win it? Will they say one of the nominees? And then Thursday, once again, we will see a live vote and eviction. And for that HOH, we're going to see... The return of a competition that BB Twitter and Big Brother superfans have been dying to see come back on Big Brother. The infamous pressure cooker competition. We saw that way back in Season 6 of Big Brother. Mm -hmm. And this time around, it's going to have a scary verse twist which I don't know what the hell that means. But <laughs> I am very excited for The Pressure Cooker. Legionnaire, do you remember The Pressure Cooker?
0: I do not. I was trying to remember, but I, I don't. I may have to just dig back through the, the, the old
1: episodes and, and watch it again. Yes, you need to watch it again. It is infamous because it is the season of Janelle and Kesar, and... The whole point of the competition is that you are in this glass-enclosed structure, and you have to hold on to a button, and you can't let go of that button. If you let go of the button, you are out. I'm trying to remember like, if there were punishments or rewards for letting go of the button. I think there were. I think there were temptations. Like maybe cash and prizes and that kind of stuff to let go of the button. Maybe there were punishments, too. I don't remember now because it has been a moment since I've seen it. But I remember it's infamy because Kesar and I believe her name was Jen. It was down to them, too. And Jen was on the other side of the house with that stupid friendship alliance our clearly was with Janelle and, all, and, and the people that we love. And uh, hmm. she ended up convincing him to release um, The Button, and he was out of the house. Like, he promised, he was like, swear on my life, you're not nominated, and she ended up nominating him. I don't remember if it was a backdoor <laughs> situation or if it was a straight-up nomination, but he ended up being nominated, and he ended up being evicted from the house. So it's an infamous competition because of that. But it was also infamous because you had to hold on to the button. You couldn't use the restroom. You couldn't eat. Like, there were no breaks. Like, you – it was like an endurance competition, but to the 100th degree. Uh, literally, because they were in, like, an enclosed glass, uh, you know, thing. It was literally a pressure cooker. So, uh, yeah, it was it was nuts. And uh, people have been dying to see it come back. And I'm excited. Like, I am hyped for this because it is a competition. And listeners, if you're like Legionnaire, if you don't remember it, or if you've never seen that season, number one, how dare you for not seeing that season? But number two, you definitely at least want to see that episode. Because, even though I, I spoiled it, I mean, it's still interesting to watch. Because imagining our people from this season there... Like, there have been some people on the professor side and on the bad, bad bitches side who have been like, I know Miss Felicia said it, I think Sari said it, maybe even Izzy said it, like, they've all been like, if we're doing the wall, like, we're gonna stay on that wall, like, I'm not dropping, I'm gonna hold on for dear life, like, so, we have people willing to do endurance, so let's see if they're actually capable of doing endurance, and let's see how long this pressure cooker is going to last. I'm excited for it. Like, I'm down for it. Like, it's going to be good. And hopefully they allow the live feeders to watch it. Like, they don't always allow the live feeders to watch the HOH competitions. But sometimes when it's an endurance one, they they do continue it on with the live feeds. So, uh, that one's going to be an interesting one to see live for those out there that watch the live feeds. Now, I feel like we should do what we did last time. Predictions. Who do you think or who would you like to win the HOH? And uh, who do you think they will nominate? Legionnaire? Um, I don't know. Since you know all.
0: Like...
1: <laughs> I'm just saying. Would... <laughs> you know all.
0: <laughs> I, would like to, I would like to see the power swing to the other side. Um, yeah. Just to see how the, the Professor's Alliance would uh, would function under those circumstances um yeah i, could, I couldn't pick one person that i would want to see as hoh right now yeah I, th- I was thinking about it throughout the episode and and no one person really jumped out to me that i want to see how they would handle the power for that week i don't i don't
1: have anyone. I'm sorry okay, so you don't have a person, but you have the side, so you want the other side, the handful alliance to have the power. who do you think they would nominate
0: I think they would i i am pretty I'm pretty sure they would probably go out to because he's in, i think given his you know given his last reign, given his reign as h o h he's made himself a very easy target um you know
1: unless you know, another agenda happens to come out, I think initially he'll be an easy target. Okay. A little information from the live feeds. So apparently the other side, they've said publicly that if they get the power, they're probably going to nominate Red and Bowie. But my assumption is is that the backdoor plan would be Hysum. So Red yeah. and Bowie would be the initial nominees with Heisum being the backdoor situation. Mm-hmm. There is okay. that. So if, if the other side does win, maybe they might continue on with that idea. Personally speaking, just because I like the professors and the bye-bye bitches in particular, I want that side to win. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I like my peoples. Uh, and if that side were to win, I could see them targeting, Matt, as much as Hysum was, like, pitching, what was it, uh, Jag and Blue as the next mm-hmm. nominees, I could see Matt being the next target, just because physically, you know, he seems like the biggest threat on that side. I mean, no offense to mm-hmm. the handful, but, you know, like, I, I'm not really... I don't find any of them outside of Matt to be, like, comp beasts at all. I mean, they've been proving themselves kind of failures when it comes to power, veto, and that those types of competitions. So, um, yeah. But I, I don't mind them targeting Hysum and trying to take that shot, them being the handful. Mm-hmm. Like, I, f- I completely understand and respect that just because, I mean... He did terrorize that side of the house, so they got a little PTSD. So I, I can see them having the fire and wanting to win. I could also see the professors. I mean, it depends on how they're feeling. I, I don't know what their mindset is right now. Are they still, we need Heism out next week? Or are they much more understanding that Hysom is a number, maybe we shouldn't get him out just yet. Like, maybe we should take another shot at the other side before we consider losing one of our own. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see who has the fire. And uh, who's going to make it to the top. Oh, I didn't pick a person. If I were to pick somebody from the... uh, Professor's bye-bye bitches side. You know, I'm going to go again with my girl from last week. Like, I think a Felicia H.O.H. would be fun. I think it would be entertaining.
0: I agree. I think, think,
1: yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. I think that would be fun, and I think an Izzy H.O.H. would be batshit crazy. (laughs) In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah, in a fun way, yeah. Exactly. So uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned, listeners. All right. Legionnaire, was there anything that I missed? A tiny moment that you would like to, to mention before we wrap things up? Um,
0: no, I think we covered everything that, uh, that I had in my
1: notes. All right, perfect. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Expect the Unexpected. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Thanks, announcer. My co-host, my fellow house guest, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night,
0: watchers. Have a good time. Be safe. Take care of each other out
1: there. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to Expect the Unexpected via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives from outside the Big Brother house at least virtually. I'm Jeffrey Aruz. Love one another. Good night.